Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Excited to have you with us this afternoon along with our special guest, Sherry Lynn Bisbano of TheRightProposal.com. You're going to grab some kind of a notebook and take some notes because we're going to be talking about book proposals and how to keep yours out of the trash bin. Um, Not an easy thing to do when there's so many being received by agents and um, publishers every day. So during the next hour, Sherry Lynn Bisbano is going to share with us the top three deal breakers an agent looks for in the first 30 seconds of reading your email. Also, secrets to grabbing an agent's attention in your cover letter, some ingredients of a great bio, and which components turn them off, strategies to finding the best agent for your book, fresh ideas for distinguishing your audience and why your book cannot be for everyone, how to think about marketing before you reach out to an agent, three ways to get notable endorsements, and asking your mom isn't one of them, how to align your goals with the priorities of an agent and secret steps to take before you hit the send button. Now, Cheryl and Bisbano, our guest today, is a speaker and writer who encourages writers in their journey. She's managing editor of Serious Writer and almost an author, a junior literary agent for Kyle Young, and also the host of Genre Chat. Her website is therightproposal.com. Welcome to you, Sherry Lynn. Oh, thank you for having me, Marnie. I always love speaking with you and listening to your show. It's it's so informational. Thank you. Yeah, and we like to keep it that way, and I knew that you would be able to really bring our listeners a lot of good advice and um, help today. This book, Proposal Tips, it, you have had enough experience to know that a lot of the proposals don't make it past that first initial look, and you're a great one to help us understand um, <laughs> how to get the attention and keep the attention of, a, of an agent. It, you wanted to introduce us here with the top three deal breakers an agent looks for in the first 30 <laughs> seconds of reading an email. And I'm so curious. I, I kind of already think I might know a few of them, but I'm going to let you share with these with us because I'm so curious what you have to say here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I call it the top the top three for in thirty because the if an agent or a publisher is honest, these are the three things that we look for. We look besides if your proposal is done in submission guidelines, that's a given. Most 
agents and publishers, if it's not done within the guideline, it goes in the trash. They hit delete. Mm-hmm. And every every agency and publisher has different guidelines. You can find them at their website. Please, please go by the guidelines. Whatever I talk about today, go by the guidelines first. What I, The information I'm giving you today is expected in most proposals but always adhere to the guideline. Now, the top three, if an agent is honest, they'll look at the synopsis of the book. Is it a good story? Do they have believable characters? Is it relevant for nonfiction? And is it written from a unique point of view? The synopsis. That's one, the platform and marketing. This is the one where everybody goes, ugh, because they're like, how can it and the publisher want is that you can show that you can sell 10,000 books. That seems like a lot, but when you brainstorm, most people can come up with that number. Now, and they look at the writing. So we look at the synopsis of the book, the platform and marketing, and the writing. Doesn't matter if you have 100 million people to sell your book for, if you cannot write they will not accept you. And you don't have to be the most eloquent writer, but if you can grab the attention of the reader and you use correct grammar and sentence structure, you probably be taken over somebody who does not know how to do any of that stuff. So those so, I mean the synopsis of the book, the platform and marketing, and the writing. That's what we look for. That's what we look at. In 30 seconds, we can look at all of that. <laughs> and um, how, how, many, how many proposals, like percentage-wise, make it past that first 30 seconds? Oh, I hate to say this, and this is why I started my business, because I want to see my, my fellow writers succeed. I say maybe 1%. No way. Wow. Hmm. Yep. And I can only speak for what's come across my desk. Sure. But I've even, Marnie, I've had people tell me I don't need to go by submission guidelines because I know the, I know the agent and, and it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why I, that's why I want people to, (laughs) I'm here to help. I want to help people. This is so vital. This is your resume to get your book published. And if you don't want to go by the guidelines and you want to do it your own way, you're not going to get published unless you self-publish. And I'm being honest. Yeah, no, that's great. That's what we need. Interesting, 1%. That's not very much, is it? So let's go ahead and talk about then – Let's say we make it past that first 30 seconds. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. how do we grab the agent's attention in the cover letter? Well, keeping the cover letter to one page, a good I like to say a good cover letter is like an intriguing door, Marnie. It invites the agent or publisher into the proposal, and I like to, it I like the four paragraph or the four knocks. That's what I call it, the four knocks. If you have these four knocks or four paragraphs, the agent is going to want to even continue reading more. But um, let's say 
knock one, first paragraph, the hook and the outline. The hook is one sentence that grabs the reader's attention. You know, you can use a little bit of humor, use anecdotes, facts, or a question. And, a, and the outline, summarize the book in two or three sentences. And this is sometimes the hardest thing for writers. But they don't want to read the whole book. They want you to hook them and summarize it. So not sure. two would be the second paragraph, which is book facts and marketing, which includes um, in one sentence what the genre is, what the word count is, why you're the one to write this book, who you want to market it to, and a, a little bit about the numbers of people that you have um, in front of you that you could sell your book to. And so knock three would be an outline or the plot of the book. That would be paragraph three. In a fiction outline, you want to, you should use two or three sentences that include the central theme of the story, the protagonist and his or her goal, the antagonist and his or her issue, a plot twist in the ending. Fiction books are like, I don't want to give my ending away. This is the person who's going to publish your book. They need to know the ending. And hmm. nonfiction should be two or three sentences. I know I'm going fast, but... Um, the nonfiction okay. should be two or three sentences that include the focus of the book, what the problem of the book is, you know, what the problem of the book solves, and how the book does solve that problem. You know, it, nonfiction books always should present a problem and, and solve that problem. Right. And knock four is your biography. And we're going to go into that a little bit more. Um, this portion should be three or four sentences that include your major achievements, not everything you've written, but the major things, a little bit about your education and work and a little bit about your social media presence. Um, the biggest thing they're looking for in the letter is why you're the one you should write the book, what the book's about, and if it's for them. And when you address this, make sure that, you have the name right and that it's spelled correctly and that you have the um, – somebody could have gotten promoted. So you don't want to make somebody – if somebody is the is managing editor, you don't want to call them the assistant editor or anything like that. Double-check spelling. We've had people write to Kyle with a K. I've written people back and said, this is Sherry Lynn two or three times, and they, they write back to me, dear Kyle. So make sure you have all your information correct. I've been very patient with people. Most agents and publishers wouldn't be. So yeah. um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the bio. Um, on your cover letter, you want, knock one is the hook and the outline. Knock two is the book facts and marketing. Knock three is the outline plot and the plot of the book. And knock four is your bio. So let's go into a little bit about your bio because your book proposal, in some cases, you have a portion of your bio in three different places, Marnie. In your okay. cover letter, in your one-page cell sheet, and then you have a whole page that tells about yourself. Um, the brief bio is in the cover sheet. On the one-page cell sheet, um, that tells a little bit more. You list 
is this pertinent publications, your highest education, and why are you the person for the book? But on your author bio page, you that is to tell everything about yourself. This is where you can be a little more personal. Cover letter, they don't care if you love cats. Unless your book is about cats, they could care less. Um, I care because I like cats, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um, but in your author bio, you can be a little more personal and list the years you've been writing, um, why you even started writing. This is the place to do all of that. And on your author bio page, when you're doing your bio, I've moved on to the next question, I think, done a little segue here, but always use a current photo. I'm sure you've you've been working with lots of speakers, and I'm sure you've come across the speaker, you've seen their photo, and when you see them in person, you're like, that's the same person. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you, Marnie? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always use a current photograph. Now, so let's go um, on the bio just for some clarification here. The bio that's yes. in the cover letter should be one paragraph. And what are the key what are the key components for that one again? In the one paragraph, oh. what are you going to have in there? In that it's like two lines. How many years you've been writing, um, a notable publication, and why you're the person to write this book. Mm-hmm. And how does that one differ from the bio that appears on the one page cell sheet? The one-page sell sheet is almost like what would be on the back of your book. Mm-hmm. The author bio, that would be on the back of your book or on the inside cover of your book. That would be uh, maybe two paragraphs. But the author bio page lists everything. One of my friends has an author bio page because she is a prolific writer of over 100 books. It's like five pages long. With all the awards and everything she's done. But they want to know all that stuff. Yep, yep, yep. No, this is really, this is really good. You guys don't want to go anywhere. We're going to come right back and talk some more with Sherilyn Desvano today of therightproposal.com. We're going to come back and talk about strategies to finding the best agent for your book and fresh ideas for distinguishing your audience and why your book just can't be for everyone. Denisha Down, so we'll be right back and talk about that. Find your next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast fun and free to search anytime you have time day or night check it out right now womenspeakers.com that's www.womenspeakers.com welcome back this is marnie swedberg you're joining us today for book proposal tips how to keep your proposal out of the trash with our guest sherilyn bisbano of the right proposal.com the right 
is spelled like handwriting, R or W-R-I-T-E, therightproposal.com. Sherilyn, welcome back. We'd like to talk next about um, some strategies for finding the best agent for your book. And I, this is... Um, this can, this can be this can be a pretty time consuming part of the journey for most authors. So I'm I'm interested to have you share with us how we can get strategic about this. Well, thank you, Marnie. Um, first and foremost, you want to determine if you even need an agent. Uh, some some depending on if you want to get in the big box stores. So I would do homework if you even need an agent, if you want to just do an ebook or self-publish. Do that homework too. But once you've decided that you want an agent, and I highly recommend an agent because if you want to get in the big box stores, um, agents also help you navigate these um, complex contracts. I, I just spoke with the girl the other day that she said she just wished she had an agent because the fine print really, um, really messed her up, you know, the money and things. So I highly recommend an agent. But strategies to find the best agent for your book, homework. The Christian Market Writer's Guide by Steve Lobby is a great place to start. That's the Christian Market Writer's Guide. There's also a... Um, regular market writer's guide that's not Christian that you can look in there too. You can also go online and just Google agents, agencies. Once you find an agent that you can work with, what you need to look for is do they represent your genre? Do you write fiction, nonfiction, poetry? Are they specifically looking for fantasy, sci-fi? What are they specifically looking for? Do they represent screenplays? What are they looking for? Then you read about the specific agents in that agency and find one that you like. Now, I think the best way to find an agent is to go to a conference and talk to them. They're looking for people to represent. They want to help you as well. So if you go and make a 15-minute appointment with an agent or publisher, they will answer all your questions, but go prepared if you're pitching a book. Get your sell sheet together, and if you have any questions about that, you can email me. We'll, we'll tell you the email later. This is something totally different from the book proposal. But you want to be prepared for a conference for your 15 minutes, and always go with more than one idea. Now, with the changing atmosphere in, in the literary world, most agents and publishers want an author who has more than one book. That's a biggie. Think of pitching more than one book if you go to a conference. I've had people pitch ideas to me, and their main idea isn't the one that I wanted. I liked the, their, their tertiary idea. And they're like, you like that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so you just never know. Other strategies, um, talk to other writers. Get out there or go online and talk to writers because they know who the good agents are. 
So talk to them. But the biggest thing is is make sure the agent that you want covers the genre, represents the genre that you write in. Right. Otherwise, you're just wasting everybody's time, and, and it's, it, it's just the, kind of the minimal amount of due diligence that you need to do before you get going. So when you, um, when you say when you're at a conference and you're going to make an appointment and you're going to go with a sell sheet, um, do, you actually take, do you actually prepare more than one sell sheet then? You just kind of bring uh, three or four, or what do you recommend? That's a great question, Marnie. Now, the, the sell sheet is not the one-page sell sheet I'm talking about for your proposal. The one-page sell sheet for your proposal should only have one picture on it, which is your photograph, and maybe a picture of the cover of your book. Those are the only two in your proposal. However, the sell sheet that you want to present to an agent at a conference can have pictures. Um, you can go see, um, there's examples online. I can send you an example if somebody wants it. But this is to capture them their attention. So you need a tagline, you need your bio, but I would have more than one. Most agents do not keep them, but some do. So I would take at least 10 because you don't know who you're going to sit next to when you eat lunch. You don't, when you go to a conference, networking is so important. Somebody might say, well, give that to me because I know somebody I can give it to. So I'd make 10, five at the least. Yep, and then um, that's a great answer, too. We needed that answer. My question was about how many uh, proposals do you, like is it inappropriate to take more than two proposals? Most, most agents do not want to see the proposal. They will ask you to send it to them if they're interested. I would take one or two just in case the agent wants to take it. But from, from my experience, no agent will take it. They want, they want to see your sell sheet, and they want to talk to you and ask you questions. They don't have time to read the whole proposal. But I would take it just in case. Two tops. Okay. That's a great question. Yeah, circle back one more time. These are all great answers. (laughs) So you had said that sometimes they like to hear more than one idea. How many ideas in the form of a sell sheet that you would take to a conference are appropriate? (laughs) Complex Um, question. What I would do is I would take a sell sheet for your primary book, and then if you have a sell sheet, for the rest of them or an individual um, synopsis for each one, you let them know this is the book that I want you to look at, but I also have some other ideas. Would you like to hear them too? Okay. And the agent will say, you let the agent say yes or no. But always be ready. Always be prepared and be more than ready. And before you even go Practice. Practice your pitch. Practice your elevator pitch. Practice on friends. I had a girl practice her elevator pitch on me um, as an agent, but I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, we were friends, so I wasn't. Gonna, I didn't sign her. 
but she practiced her elevator pitch, and it was wonderful. I gave her some pointers. She got a book contract. Not mm-hmm. because she pitched it to me, but because she was practicing it, and she got more confident. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't like your absolutely. book idea, if, you, if you're not confident in your book idea and, and you don't seem like you like your own idea, the agent's not going to like it either. you got to be confident in your idea. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure that's great. And the other the one that the one that you didn't mention too that I want to encourage you to uh listeners to consider to find an agent is to um when you're reading a book that's similar in genre and in tone yes. or audience to yours, look in the front um cover. A lot of times they'll say thank you to their agent and uh, that's a good way that's to find somebody great. that's just right up your alley too. Cool. Great, so great point, Marnie. That's a great point, Marnie. That's a really good point. That's actually that's actually how I got my first book published was doing that exact thing, and it it just worked wonderfully because you already know that that agent in that in that case I went directly to a publisher and an editor, but um, but you already know that that person is highly interested in a book just like yours because mm-hmm. they already did one, and obviously it has to be a little different. So let's go ahead and talk about that little difference because. Uh, the next thing we wanted to discuss here was some fresh ideas for distinguishing your audience and why your book just can't be for everyone. Um, how, <laughs> when, uh, when we're trying to narrow that down, how do you recommend that people narrow it down? Well, there's different ways. Um, I have a friend named Lori Roloveld who uh, I look up to. She's the one who got me into writing, and she is a phenomenal writer. And she says, she teaches this specific, how do you find your audience? And she says, find one person, just Mm -hmm. one person in your head and list all their traits, list their, you know, she has down to what kind of ice cream they like, but age, gender, Mm -hmm. where they live, their income, their occupation, um, what they like to read other than what your book would be because when you write your book you really should have one person in mind not everybody because your book comes out better I did that with my book and and I went I thought well I'm going to write it to everybody and then I narrowed it down to one person and like I was talking to that one person um and, and it came out so much better but when you finding your audience is different than who you're actually writing the book for. That sounds a little bit, your audience is a primary audience, a secondary audience, and a tertiary, and even more than that. So there's many things that you can do to find your audience. But first and foremost, who did you write the book for? Why did you write the book for everybody? I've had, and that, please, the biggest thing, to not put on your proposal is that my book is for everybody because it's not. Uh, say like you have a cookbook. You can say my uh, this book is for um, 30-somethings who need a 15-minute meal to prepare, who have two children and have no time on their hands, something like that. They want they want it to be more specific. They don't want it twenty to seventy year olds. That's not what they're looking for. I'm going to give you um, 
I have an example here for you. I've got it in this How to Write a Book Proposal by uh, Jody Reen and Michael Larson. It's a um, Writer's Digest book. It's a really, really good book. But they give you tips. Um, listen, they want you to know, um, let me see, I'm looking for the example that they have. It's right here. Job hunters who are looking for jobs in the metro area who want to make $50,000 a year. Specific like that, but books may be a little bit different. But you be more specific. And then when you get to the secondary and tertiary um, audiences, then you can list like a children's book. A children's book, Marnie, it, we do not market to children. We market to parents because parents are the ones that buy them. But we write it for the children, child, but we right. marketing it to the parents. And our secondary audience can be grandparents. Our tertiary can be school teachers and libraries and things like that. But do your research. Go to Facebook groups. Um, what is the – like you had mentioned – you knew your agent liked those type of books. Go to Facebook. Go to social media sites. Who's reading the type of books that you're writing? See what their gender is, their average age, their income, what they like. Spend some time on social media. Um, what else you could do is um, who else in is marketing a book like yours? Ask them questions. Ask them questions about um, writers like to help each other. Ask them how they found their specific audience. But this is, this is where you need to spend some time, this and the marketing section. Um, uh, this is Marty. Sorry, we're going to come right back with uh, our guest today, Sherry Lindisfano. We're going to take a short little break here and come back and talk about how to think about marketing, which you was just mentioning that before we lost her there, and uh, before you reach out to an agent, and then the three ways to get notable endorsements and asking your mom is not one. We'll be right back. leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Fledberg. You're joining us today for Book Proposal Tips, How to Keep Your Proposal Out of the Trash, with our guest Sherry Lynn Bisbano of therightproposal.com, the W-I-R-I-T-E, writeproposal.com. Welcome back, Sherry Lynn. Sorry we got you uh, cut off there a little bit No, earlier. that's all right. There's, there's so much to book proposals that one hour is just not it, – It's yes, there's so much. So I'm trying to get all the information in. And, clar and clarify without missing anything, but I probably will no, miss something. 
Uh, you're doing great. And people can learn. Of course, they can always get a hold of you over at theratepropal.com too after the show, which would be awesome. Okay, so let's talk about the marketing side. And you say that we should do that before we even reach out to an agent. Oh, yes. You should be, if you have a book idea, you should be even more, and you want to write a book, start joining Facebook groups, start talking to other writers, and network at conferences. Um, What I found really helpful for me as far as marketing goes, first and foremost, brainstorm everyone you know, um, what organizations you belong to, where you went to college if you went to college, your church, pertinent people that you know, Think of all that, and, and your platform on social media, you can start growing that. And, that's, and you can do that organically by asking questions. There's the 80-20 method. You promote yourself 20% of the time and 80% of the time. You promote other people. You give fun facts. You send memes. Um, and people will start following you time for your book to get published, you'll already have a following. Some people call it a tribe. But what I found very useful, Marnie, in as far as marketing is first I started a Facebook page for my book and I asked people to pray for the book. Then you can start marketing it with people and get a group together that will help you market your book. I watched two of my friends get a group together, send them information about their book. And this was months before this was before the book was even published and then the book got published. You feel part of something when you do that with somebody. And then they send you the information like the memes and stuff that they want you to put out on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and all those things. I watched other writers do it and I watched them be successful at it. And so join one of your friend's teams, pray for them, see how they market their books. And what's going to happen is when you join their team, and you don't join their team just for them to join yours, but it's going to happen because we're in this together. In the, in the Christian world and in the world in general, we're all writing for one reason, and we need to promote one another. And in the general world, sometimes it's, a, it's not like that, but that's okay. Because when you help other to you, I mean, the big leadership people, I mean, you talk about leadership, a, a good leader is a follower as well. A good leader brings people with them. A good leader leads by example. So you're going to do things that you want people to do with you as well. So um, marketing, I highly suggest taking classes. Educate yourself in book marketing. There are so many free courses online, YouTube. um, I just saw a few online already. Um, Learn as much as you can. But take people on the journey with you. Because it's an organic thing. It's a word-of-mouth thing. Let people know way ahead of time, the college you went to, your church. Um, let them know that you're writing a book. 
your newspaper, and then people want to go on the journey with you, and then when the book is finally published, so many people are already going to know about it. Earlier you said that in the um, cover letter that you should be able to uh, be able to show that you had get 10,000 copies sold. 10,000 is a pretty large number for an average person. How do you recommend that we think about that number? <laughs> well, 10,000 is the number. It's between 5 to 10,000. Um, a lot of people, a lot of writers know between 5 and 10,000 people. If you or if your this college you went to, your church, uh, people you know, Facebook groups you belong to, um that's why you have to start before you even publish your book. You can get an email list. If you have a blog, get an email list. Be the go-to person about, you know, if you're writing a fiction book that has civil war in it. I have a friend doing that. Start writing excerpts from your book in your blog, and you'll start gaining people who are interested in that. Go to other people's blogs and Facebook pages and Twitter and find out who's interested in what you're writing about and start organically um, building relationships. That's why they call it social media. <laughs> and and you, will, you will be surprised at how many people We'll start following you, or you'll start following. You'll get five, you'll get five, seven, ten thousand, um, right away. We, I mean, almost an author has a lot of great ways. Almostanauthor.com and Serious Writer Academy. Um, we have a girl named Victoria who just started her Twitter account. Uh, you know, and within a year, she had so many followers and she did it organically you can go learn about that but a lot of marketing is education um, educating yourself and implementing that education and it is also being social it's not about us it's about other people our book should be about when we write a book we write it for other people when we write our proposal, we write it from the view. We write it from the view for the reader, not for ourselves. So um, that's how marketing, to me, is done. But there's a lot of numbers. So if you have, I mean, I could go into more, but get the numbers of of the church you belong to, the numbers in the organization. Do your kids belong to Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, whatever? Get numbers. The marketing section of your proposal should have numbers. But as you're marketing your book, yes, it should have numbers. They want the numbers. Um, That's great. There's, we could do a whole hour on just the marketing section, but numbers <laughs> are important. Sure. But yeah, let you. the public, thank let you. the agent tell you, let the agent tell you, we've had people who have phenomenal book ideas who don't have a lot of people on their platform, but they are marketing. We had one girl saying, I have this person who is helping me with my marketing. That is a plus. If you don't know anything about marketing and you can afford it, get someone to do your marketing for you or get that person, do, trade something with that person and let them do the marketing for you. The, when you're proactive, that's what the agents want to see. 
and numbers. Super. Yeah, that's great. That was really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Let's move along now to endorsements because this is um this is a question that we get asked a lot is how do you get those endorsements for the book? Sort of like marketing. It's networking. Meet when you go to conferences or well, let me give you an example. There's plenty of people who have platforms online. Uh, Jerry B. Jenkins, Liz Curtis Higgs, Cecil Murphy, uh, Diane Mills. There's so many best-selling authors or people who teach that are highly honored and respected and would be great for you to have an endorsement. Don't just follow them because you want their endorsement, but join people who become part of their Facebook page, read their books, maybe send them an email, people you know. If you want an endorsement from a best-selling author, um, I highly suggest that you that they write in the same genre you write in, number one. You can write them an email. That, that, that's, you say three ways. Email somebody. If, if you highly respect that person, be humble in your email. Tell them that you know their time is valuable. For example, I wrote a best-selling author. I met her at a conference, and we hit it off, and we laughed, and we hit it off. And I, I wrote her, and I said, I really love your – I know that you're busy, and I know it's a long shot, but I know we share the same heart for women in this specific area, would you consider endorsing my book? If you can't, I understand, and there will be no hurt feelings. So what happened was she emailed me back. She said, I would love to endorse your book, but my manager says right now I can't do any endorsements. So when you are – when you – when you're kind, humble, and understand that they might not be available, email them anyway because they will feel they will feel good about that. And they might not be able to and don't take it personal. But other ways to get endorsements is talk to people. Talk to people at conferences. You don't have to get an author to endorse your book. I, I'm, writing a, I'm writing a prophecy book. We're getting a mathematician to endorse, a mathematician from a major college to endorse our book. Who do you know? Ask yourself, who do you know? What organizations do you belong to? And can they endorse this? But always, always, always be polite and don't take it personally. Yeah, and I love I love not presuming, too, because uh, people are really right. busy and it's, it is great that if you can come in just a little <laughs> a little humble about it, that's awesome. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Sherry Lindas Bano of therightproposal.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to align your goals with the priorities of an agent and some secret steps to take before you hit the send button. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. 
but when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. I'm excited to hear about your next book as you get it ready to go. And you can always reach out to me over at Marnie.com. Our guest today, Sherry Lynn Bisbano, is sharing with us book proposal tips, how to keep our proposals out of the trash. And that's what we want. We want to take it from idea to publication and get it into the hands of as many people as it can help. All right, let's talk about how to align our goals with the priorities of an agent. And if I was going to say that there's one thing that's critically important, if you're going to get people to read your book or get an agent to uh, promote you to uh, publishers, you really do have to get on the same page with them, whoever they are. (laughs) You can't can't expect someone to be interested in something that's just not in their wheelhouse at all. That that's a perfect, perfect comment, Marnie, because and you have to agree with the agent's um, way they work. I, I real quick story. I was listening to someone pitch to an agent at a conference and I'm I was going to pitch to him afterward. And I'm like, I don't really want this person to be my agent, but I'm going to pitch it anyway. And um they weren't looking for what I had anyway, but I was like, phew. But he was a great agent, but it wasn't, I don't think we would have been a good fit. So you really, really need, don't just get any agent because you're shopping and they're shopping and you want a good fit. Don't just get an agent to have one. But how to align your goals with the priorities of an agent. If you already have an agent, this is what you need to do. Read and submit all your correspondence within the agency guidelines. Even if you have the agent and the agent is your friend and your buddy-buddy, still be professional. Um, I had one guy state that because he knew the agent I worked for, that he he didn't have to follow submission guidelines, and I deleted his proposal. Agents, yeah, let's just, uh, pause. let's just pause there for a minute because I think um, sometimes I know over the past listeners have reacted to this and it's unfair or it's unkind, but I think if you guys were to understand how many proposals are coming through and that yours, even though it is your baby and you love mm. it and you know how valuable it is, it is really your responsibility and it's on you to get the agent or even you know even the uh, pre the the intake person to look at it and it, it's it is sad that that there isn't time for everybody to do it your way but the reality is that that's why they put out submission guidelines so that they can process a lot of content very quickly yeah so thank you for sharing that because I think it is critically important and you've said it several times in this show because of how important it is. Yes, and that's the thing. I, I've gotten hundreds of proposals that weren't in, within the guidelines, but you know what I've done? I've looked at them anyway. But when you're getting, getting thousands, it, you, yeah. you don't have time. And, but what happens, Marnie, is 
the agent feels if the person doesn't have time to even read the guidelines and submit according to the guidelines, are they going to be somebody you can work well with? Are they going to be somebody that's going to be able to um, take um, any kind of construction, constructive criticism for the betterment of their book? That's how we look at it. It's not just being mean. We, we're not up there. We're not here thinking that we're gods and we're like, ha ha, I'm going to delete that. No, we want your book to succeed. We really do. That's why I started this business because I found so many puzzles with avoidable mistakes. And I want to mm-hmm. help people present the best book proposal. And then if it is denied it's not because the book proposal was bad it might be just because the agency is not looking for that genre of that book at the time mm-hmm. right but right. Uh, on to no, uh, great. in the things with an agent how do i just wrote a i just wrote a, a, a an article how to get your agent to love you you wait don't hound them every day with an email we love you. We we love you guys. But if you're asking us every other day, you know, have you heard from anybody? You're the second person who will we will contact after we hear it that somebody is interested in you. We will let you know. The average time is three months. Okay. So we, it, it's hard. There's tons of things you can do as you wait. Um, if another way for, um, to align your goals with the priorities of the agent is to keep thinking forward of how you continue to market the book. I have some of my clients, um, are changing their proposal for the next time I send it out because they're speaking, they're doing speaking engagements, they're doing signings, they're getting more endorsements, so I'm grading their proposal. They're not just sitting there and waiting, they're doing things to get the name of their book out there, to to get their, their name out there, to build their market, to educate themselves. But in and understand, the biggest thing is understand your agent wants your book to succeed. They want you to succeed. and But they don't have time to answer every single email you send them. Yes, maybe within um, six weeks or so, say, hi, I, I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and have you heard anything? Maybe, but don't send them often because then the agent's just going to go, ugh, every time I get an email from you. Mm. Good advice. Good advice. The simple, the simple uh, way to define how to work with an agent or an editor is: don't be a prima donna. <laughs> right. Be an adult and be an adult, and just be patient and, and let them do their job, and you do your job. <laughs> and listen. They've been doing this for a long time, and listen to right. what they have to say, even if you've been published before, because. Marnie, the publishing world is changing daily, and most publishers have and agents have their finger on the pulse of what's going on. So let them help you. Let them do their job. Now, if you find somebody who wants to publish your book, let your agent know, but you've got to abide by the contract. But don't be, don't be contacting um, 
publishers and say, hey, my agent sent you my book. My book, do you like it? Don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, but if, you know, if you get an inquiry from somewhere outside of what your agent has already submitted, let your agent know. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. always, always be, be kind. I always say treat the others like you want to be treated. Your agent is working hard on your behalf. It may not seem it. But find other things to do to fill your time, to promote your yeah. book, to to educate yourself. Yeah, and give and them, send them a thank you letter for doing what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You also had you also had a couple secret steps to take before we hit send. What are those? Oh, okay. Guidelines. If not, if you don't hear anything today. The biggest thing is always submit your book proposal in accordance to the guidelines. Some, they all guide, some guidelines are the same, but some are different, and some are dr- drastically different. So submit by the guidelines. Did you format your book proposal in accordance to their guidelines? Spelling and grammar, Marnie. There is... Always take your book proposal through Grammarly or the ba- a grammar and spelling check. Always, always, always do that. Because if a agent starts reading your proposal and sees all these errors, they're going to be like, oh, my, this one is like a prima donna or doesn't feel like they have to edit or anything like that. Always, always, always do that. Or better yet, have a professional editor edit your proposal. Um, things that you should, tips that you should look for if you have, um, uh, did, you t- did you tell the reader what the, I mean, excuse me, the opening in your book needs to capture the interest. Does your opening capture the interest? Get somebody else to read your proposal and answer these questions for you. Did my book capture your interest? Does the first page compel the agent to read on? Ten pages let the reader know what the book is about. I mean, are your characters defined? Is the pacing of of the first three chapters that you send and the dialogue and the secondary characters, check for your setting and your point of view and the style. Check for cliches and a big thing to check for is weed words. Take your time to edit your proposal. Weed words, uh, there's a list of like 100, well, let's say 75 to 100 weed words that you can pretty much take out of your document. Um, And you can get those at almostanauthor.com. You can just Google weed words or extra words to take out of your document. I can give you just a few. Um, Very, just, then, totally, completely, up, down, begin, began. Um, There's so many different weed words. Breathe, shrug. Take the time to get these words out of your document. Do it. Make sure your document is tight. Because in people nowadays want to read, they want to be, they, the next word leads them into the next word, into the next word. And if there's any fluff words, it's like tripping sometimes. 
You know, they want, they just want to keep going when they read. They don't want all those fluff words. So do that. So, you know, to recap, always, always, always look at the submission guidelines. Take your document. If you can't afford an editor, take your document through Grammarly. Grammarly is free. It will help you. Uh, try to write in the present tense. Um, you know, replace your passive verbs with active verbs. These are things that they look for. And the, and the biggest things, too, besides editing, is make sure you have the name spelt right, the, the email right, the title of the person correct before you hit send. Double check everything. Yeah. Those are things Fantastic. that you must look for. And if you have oh. any doubts, any doubts, wait a day. Wait a day and review everything again. It's okay to wait. Don't be in such a hurry yeah. like I have been in the past and send something that's either incomplete, not edited, or the name of the person you're sending it to is spelled incorrectly. Such good, such good advice. This hour has flown by. Sherry Lynn, um, if people go over to uh, therightproposal.com, and that's a W-I-R-I-T-E, rightproposal.com, and maybe just in a minute or so here, just tell us what we're going to find over there at that website. The website is, is pretty, it's clean and basic. It tells you uh, the services we offer. We offer a review service, and um, we're always offering um, discounts. We offer a review service, which I love. It compares your proposal to a detailed checklist of what um, agents and um, publishers want. And what we do with that is we, we look at your proposal, and we make remarks on our detailed checklist, and we send it all back to you. We also have an edit service. We have two levels of editing. One is grammar and basic punctuation, and the other one is more in-depth, which is like point of view and um, sentence structure. Then we have a create service where we create the proposal for you. You can fill out a questionnaire or do a phone interview and the more information you give us, the less you pay. And we put the proposal together for you. <laughs> I like that. The more information we provide, the less we pay. That's awesome. That's really thinking ahead. I love that. <laughs> less <laughs> contact back and forth to get that information. It's so funny. I, I just think that's brilliant. Well, Sherilyn, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Marnie, thank you, and and I really love your what you do for everybody. It's so informative and great speakers at your website. Well, thanks so much, and you guys want to make sure to go over and visit Sherry Lynn over at therightproposal.com. Thanks so much for being here. We are out of time today, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time at Marnie's Friends. Until then, have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.